Hello, and welcome back to PodCavs, an original WUVA podcast. I am your host, Sophia Moore, and for this episode, we have not one, but two amazing guests. Taylor Bryant is the president of ALSO, which is the Afro-Latinx Student Organization, and Kimberly Wong, the co-president of LAIC, the Latin American Identities Coalition. These UVA clubs are two of many Latin American-based organizations that create community and celebrate the many cultures that build Latin America. Now, before we dive in, let me explain why this interview is particularly significant. For reference, I'm using information pulled from HispanicHeritageMonth.gov, but will be referring to this month as Latinx Heritage Month as it is more culturally and gender inclusive. So each year, the United States observes National Latinx Heritage Month from September 15th to October 15th by celebrating the histories, cultures, and contributions of American citizens whose ancestors came from Spain, Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central and South America. The day of September 15th is particularly significant because it is the anniversary of independence for Latin American countries such as Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and Nicaragua. In addition, Mexico and Chile celebrate their independence days on September 16th and September 18th, respectively. Also, Dia de la Raza, which is October 12th, falls within this 30-day period. With that said, let's meet Taylor and Kimberly. My first question for you is to just introduce yourself and tell us about yourself before coming to UVA. My name's Taylor Bryan. That's kind of a hard question for me to answer just because I've moved all the time in my life. I've moved a total of eight times, but my mom's side is from Fayetteville, North Carolina, and my dad's side is from Panama, so I've lived overseas majority of my life, primarily in Ecuador for about like seven and a half eight years and then I lived in different parts of the United States and honestly before UVA I don't know how to describe myself a mess like (laughs) just kidding but honestly I would kind of describe myself as like outgoing which I still am and my involvements probably weren't the same involvements that I have now that's for sure and I think I was a little less sure of my identity especially before I got to UVA and UVA definitely kind of helped me cultivate my own identity because of moving so much it's kind of weird they call us third culture kids because I've grown up in a different culture different than my mom and my dad and so I've just always had interesting identity issues because of moving all the time and trying to like find my place and find where I really feel like I'm from and what's home for me so UVA has been able to kind of ground myself that's awesome (laughs) that's really cool Yeah, so my name is Kimberly Wong. I'm a third year. I'm a YSI major as well with a chemistry and Spanish double minor. Before coming here, I was a student at Nova in West Potomac High School. Not much doing over there, but yeah. Life before UVA, you know, it was like really diverse compared to this school. Since it's a PWI school, I was like really scared because I didn't know anyone coming here. Not many of my friends were white, so I didn't really know how to interact with them. At my school, they really isolated themselves and the people of color they would sit with each other and sit separately away from people who were white so I was just really nervous coming into the school and I was scared I didn't have a place when I came to the school luckily the community here is really close together we're like family everyone knows 
everyone. We always say hi to each other when we come in. We've been trying to work on that a little more, but we've been doing pretty good. And do you mind talking a little bit about your family background? Yeah, so I am Chinese Peruvian. My parents were both born in Peru. My grandparents immigrated from China from the Chinese-Japanese War. So they came and settled in Peru and then they came to America. I was originally going to be born in Peru too, but they decided to come to America and just start a new life because we had a few family members here and they knew how much better the economy was and how much safer it was there because there's so many robberies going on in Peru. They've got robbed a couple times. They used to be restaurant orders, my parents, and they own what they call a chief out. So it's like a Chinese Peruvian cuisine. And so they're really good at cooking. So I never eat out. <laughs> awesome. Oh, I love that for you. Can you explain to us the club that you're involved in and what you guys do? Okay, so I'm involved in also, it's the Afro-Latinx student organization here at UVA. And basically all we do is raise awareness for problems that rise in the Latinx community that deal with anti-blackness. We create a lot of events with education about that. We raise awareness for issues that are happening in the United States and in Latin America regarding Afro-Latinos and Latinas. And then we're social, so we do a lot of fun events as well too. And then we just help cultivate a safe space for Black Latinx people here at UVA. We are LAIC. We're the Latin American Identities Coalition. We are a coalition of all the Latinx orgs or CIOs on ground. Our goal is to improve the connectivity and communication between orgs so that we can build a better community and we can communicate better too. How did you get involved in this specific organization? We originally started in August 2020 is when we created the LAIC. And so they were looking for applicants and I just became, I think I was a uh, community outreach. <laughs> Sorry. And then I eventually became co-pres with who was secretary before in 2020 that year. And then after that, we became co-pres. How did you get involved in this specific club? I remember my first year wanting to explore my Latinx identity a little more just because when I lived in Ecuador, even though I was in Latin America, because I was black and because my mom is American, I was not ever really accepted into the Latino Latina community. I was an outsider and it was kind of weird because I was in an international school and I didn't fit in with anybody because I was the only, besides my brother, I was the only black student within like a thousand students between four international schools in Quito, Ecuador. That's mainly where I was. Coming back to the United States when I was in high school, I would tell people like, oh, I'm Panamanian, I'm Afro-Latina and a lot of people either didn't know about Afro-Latinos, which was kind of weird, or it was like, no, you can't be Latinx, you're black. And basically distinguishing the two as if you, you can't be Latinx and black at the same time, which is not true, of course. And so when I came to UVA, I was like, I want to create a safe space for people like me you know so that we can have our own culture our own community essentially and that's when I asked my brother because he actually went to UVA also he just graduated and I was like hey do you know any clubs like that and he was just like oh yeah also like all his friends who were Dominican <laughs> were all a part of it so I decided to join my first year and it was the best decision I ever made. What are your thoughts about Latinx Heritage Month that's often called Hispanic Heritage Month? I like the month because it brings awareness to a lot of problems that happen 
happen in the Latinx community. And it brings awareness to a lot of different cultures and different identities that are a part of the Latinx community that we don't talk about often. And I feel like it's a time for challenging the status quo, which I do appreciate. I do appreciate Latinx Heritage Month for that reason. How do you celebrate this month, if at all? We do celebrate it. We throw a lot of events during this time period. A lot of different student services, so the Multicultural Student Services has like reached out to us on numerous occasions. A lot of different other organizations want to collab with us just to like create a lot of events during this like short time period. Usually, even though it's not my organization, other Latinx organizations I know COLA, they do COLA Ball during this month. I think it's good to recognize our heritage. It's a good opportunity to just have time to reflect on our history and all of that. I don't know if celebrate is the correct term that I would use, Mm -hmm. but I guess it is celebrating because we are throwing a lot of events for Hispanic Heritage Month. I love Latinx Heritage Month because we always make a ton of events for the whole month and everyone comes together sees each other we always say hi we have parties on weekends and a lot of alumni come by and it's always so fun I don't I I myself don't go to parties but I always hear like of the stories of how an alumni who is like a really big part of our community came back and so we always love seeing them at the parties they're so nice and then we host them and there's been a lot of events this week I think we have a couple this week too you can also check our Instagram at laic.com UVA. We post every Latinx event, or we try to. There's like different names for it, whether it's Hispanic Heritage Month, mm-hmm. Latinx Heritage Month, Spanish Heritage Month. What do you think is the most appropriate name for it? Oh, that's such a good question. Ah, well, me personally, I like Latinx Heritage Month just because I feel like Latinx is a lot more inclusive than Hispanic Heritage Month because not everybody in Latin America speaks Spanish. <laughs> and so that's what it's like mainly connecting it to and then also I just feel like it's a good distinguisher between Latin America and its colonizers which I like to distinguish that and so I I do prefer and I think that in my opinion the most appropriate term should be Latinx Heritage Month. So I've heard from other people who know the history a lot more than I do. I remember someone saying how Hispanic is like a name that was given to us by the government. Don't quote me on that because I'm not 100% sure on like the history and everything. I'm sure a lot of people know more than I do, but I know Latinx is more broader term and can be applied to multiple people. That's why we don't like go by Latino or Uh, Latina, you know, Latinx, so it's like gender neutral too. And I do know it's called Latinx American Heritage Month because it's to celebrate like the culture of all Latinx people. And I know September 15th, it's an important day for multiple countries because that's when they gained their independence from Spain. Except Peru's their independence day is in July, so (laughs) yeah. Coming back to also as something that you are identifying with, what do you think is the difference between identifying as Afro-Latino, Latina versus just Latino or Latina. Being Afro, Latino, Latina, there's a lot of intersectionality with it because of race. That's like the biggest difference. (laughs) You're racialized as black. And so being racialized as black means that you're going to go through different experiences and be treated differently because you're racialized as black. And it's just recognizing that, honestly. And also it's recognizing that white Latinx people have certain privileges because of race and because racial class systems that historically black Latinx people people don't profit from essentially so it's just recognizing and distinguishing that difference that because we are black people we are treated differently
exactly and oftentimes we have to even fight for our title of being latinx which is kind of crazy it's like the assumption that like if you are black you are just black essentially you can't be anything else and it's also recognizing that a lot of different aspects of culture in latin america have roots from africa and that comes from afro-latinos so it's just kind of recognizing that too what do you think the difference is between identifying as chinese peruvian Mm -hmm. versus just identifying as latino or latina i think it's definitely a little scary because you don't know where you belong since you have like two races or two identities i guess it's really hard fitting in i don't really have any friends who are asian or chinese just because i felt more connected to the latinx community more than i do with the chinese community i don't feel like i know how to interact i'm not really sure how to get in with the community you know i'm just a little scared i guess (laughs) i've always think outside i kind of feel bad about that and i definitely want to work on that more it's a struggle between two identities and you're trying to be both at the same time choosing one over the other is kind of difficult too because you feel like you're not enough you're not chinese enough even though i look completely asian i also feel like a little weird sometimes being in with my latinx friends and people are like you're latinx too you know obviously it's not obvious but it's always cool to see like those reactions because i'm not like offended or anything by that but i just love seeing the reactions and i just love their community so much the food the dances the culture especially the culture so good the food too oh i love the food um (laughs) but yeah it's just really difficult sometimes balancing it since you love the food so much what's your what's your favorite dish Uh, i love ceviche a lot of peruvians know their ceviche is really good i just don't like the spicy so my mom like lowers it down a little bit but I just love it. It's so good. <laughs> do you find that UVA is an improvement? How often within the community do you find racism or prioritizing Eurocentrism and favoring whiteness? Very often. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to say it, but it's very often. I feel like if you're talking about UVA as an institution, I wouldn't say UVA necessarily. I'm, well, actually, maybe this year is a little bit different because I think that the multicultural students services have been working with a lot more due diligence to be more inclusive of also and create more events and also like help out in any way that they can essentially but that hasn't been the same for previous years but so I do want to recognize that the Latinx community and other student leaders of the Latinx community and organizers in the Latinx community because they have been doing a really really good job this year of trying to be a lot more inclusive and trying to be more cognizant that there are Afro-Latinx people at UVA and to try and be more inclusive of those identities and also to check anti-blackness which has been a continuous problem at UVA since I've been here but there have been moves to change that especially in our community I know with like the dismantling of LSA and now it being rebranded as COLA I think that was definitely a part of helping dismantle a lot of the anti-blackness that we have in our community and then also like the creation of our Latinx town halls to open the door to having those conversations and setting the precedent of what we want in our community and what we're going to accept for incoming first years. I think we've been doing a good job of trying to work together to help minimize anti-blackness, raise awareness, and honestly educate because I do recognize that a lot of Latinx people are coming from different homes, (laughs) different areas, different places. And so when they come here, you're getting to know different people, new experiences, all of that. And so there's some things that people just don't know, you know? And so I feel like it's just our job as student leaders to kind of educate and especially in the Latinx community, 
kind of set the precedent of what we're going to accept in our community. How do you think your community is represented and supported or isn't supported? UVA. I definitely feel like it can be seen in both ways or both lights. I know MSS has coordinators who are meant to support us in our orgs and help us start off. And so I feel like sometimes we are supported by them just because they they guide us in helping out how to organize our events, fund our events sometimes. But in many ways, they don't support us enough. I remember the history of the LSC, which is the Latinx Student Center that we have. We had to advocate for a long time and fourth years will tell you they advocated it for like 10 years for a long time because we used to have like a small space they always tell this story and it's so like crazy to think about how small of a space we had because they would always tell us and describe it like how terrible it was because they never gave them their own space and they had to write a proposal to LLI it's the Latinx Leadership Institute it's this program that you write proposals you do research and you present it to the school and so people who graduated already wrote a proposal together and advocated for the LLI see for their own space, a bigger space, a better space, and a more safe space for the Latinx community. And so they built this huge space, and it's great, but it's so crazy that it took so long for them to listen to us. And I just feel like they could do so many more things better, and I feel like after that, they haven't really came and checked up on us. I feel like there are a lot of things that they could do for us, like more cultural events. We don't have to be the only ones doing it, and a lot of funding, too, because they don't give us enough money for us to like support our orgs too Hmm. yeah is there any way that you think that it can still be improved at uva most definitely i think that we have spaces we have the lsc but still that space feels very not as inclusive that's at least what i've been told by several other afro latinx students at uva just not feeling inclusive in those spaces you know when you go into them and so i think that we still need to work on those spaces feeling more inclusive honestly representation i think that we need to improve on that as well especially in other organizations we have also which is very very important but also doesn't necessarily reflect how many actual latinx students go here (laughs) and so the inclusion of maybe other Afro-Latinx students and other organizations would be important because as of right now, as I see other organizations, and you can correct me later if this is wrong, but it seems like there's a lot of tokenization of certain Afro-Latinx students. I can say me included. Niani's gun for an example as well. I think just more inclusion of other Latinx students because I think that we've been tokenized to kind of be, I guess, the speaker of all essentially. And there's way more Afro-Latinx students at this school. What can non-Latinx students do to be better allies in this community? Show up to also events. (laughs) I say that all of the time. But honestly, being an ally, I feel like part of your job is showing up, you know? So if you want to be a good ally, show up to also's events. Show up to our events um, when we talk about anti-blackness, you know? Also, be an advocate in your community. Like, I'm not there to see everything, you know? I'm not there to see every single anti-black situation. And I can't be there to protect all students, essentially, from that. So to be a good ally, when you see something definitely say something and also just be intentional about being inclusive I think a lot of people don't understand how you have to be intentional you can't just say like oh yeah like I'm so inclusive like no you actively have to go out and be intentional about it you know if you see that there is an Afro-Latinx student that hasn't been to any events or doesn't really like come to the LSE like invite them to the LSE like make them feel welcome I think that's a part of being an ally and also listening to the Afro-Latinx students at UVA for what we need essentially 
essentially and what support we need actively listen i'll say actively listen yeah so we talked about this in our town hall that we had recently back in like september and we talked about how they can be more involved in our space too because i feel like some people don't feel comfortable entering in the lsc because they're not latinx and they don't want to like take over the space but we talked about how it's important to have people who are non-latinx to see the space enjoy it with us but know their place know not to like make us feel uncomfortable or take over the space you know but it's always okay for them to come in you know we love having new people over we're very friendly we try to say hi all the time to people we don't even know so you get to know them make connections it's always nice saying hi to someone getting a hi from someone is really nice we realized in the town hall that sometimes we can be a little too clicky and so we said it was important to reach out to other people you know reach out to other groups and not to stay within our own friend group is it okay for non-latinx students to join yes of course (laughs) (laughs) so also yes it is primarily for afro-latinx students but non-afro-latinx students can definitely join as long as you are ally you can definitely join we create events and it's honestly just for education we're also fun too so definitely you can join (laughs) amazing that's great yeah, I know a couple who are in orgs that are not Latinx at all. And I think it's important to not make it so secluded or make it so narrowed down to like a certain identity. It's important to allow people from other identities to join in your orgs so it's not like so intimidating to participate. Because I know a ton of orgs on grounds that are like cultural, they always have like tons of people that don't identify as what the org is. And they're like exec members members in the club and they go to these events and they have fun and I know a couple people who have been to events and they don't identify as Latinx at all but they come and have fun and I think it's important to as a community we talked about this in the town hall too to like be more welcoming to those people who do come and not be so secluded to ourselves yeah on a more serious note what are some common misconceptions about being Latinx and being Afro-Latinx in America common misconceptions I guess the ignoring how much Afro-Latinx people have influenced Latinx culture in general. Not enough recognition. And then minimizing the amount of Afro-Latinx people that there are in Latin America. And then, now, I feel like I'm not as vice to, like, speak on that. Essentially, like, all the big misconceptions. Like, I can talk from, like, my own personal experience. Being, like, the intersectionality of being Black and as a woman, too, and Latinx is just, like, the assumption that, like, because we're Black, we're not enough. You know? That Latinx Latinx has to look like something and has to sound like something when that is so not true. Within Latin America, there's a multitude of different cultures. It's fair to say different languages, you know, even though like, okay, people try and group us all together and say like, oh, we all speak Spanish. Oh, it's very different Spanish, you know? So all different languages, different cultures, different religions, practices, all of that. And so the huge misconception about Latinx in general is that there's a standard and Mm -hmm. there isn't a standard, you know? Mm -hmm. There's so many different people in different cultures we look like so many different things you know there's too much culture essentially within that huge region to try and bottle it up to like one thing exactly and i i think to even add on to that even within each individual country you Mm -hmm. have different cultures within that country my abuela she comes from paraguay and within paraguay you have the majority population that does speak spanish but you also have a more indigenous culture that speaks guarani and it's really hard when people are just i guess pigeonholed into things and into one when everybody has such different experiences and cultures and i feel like sometimes being like chinese peruvian and being so mixed 
and obviously looking more Asian than I do Latinx. When I was younger, a lot of kids, and still to this day now, a lot of people don't believe I know Spanish or I am part of Latinx culture or I identify as Latinx. They don't believe that. And so they always ask me, can you speak Spanish? Oh, can you do this? And I sometimes like, I don't really mind it, but it makes me feel like they don't believe that I'm Latinx and they think I don't know or I'm not part of the culture at all. And so they always ask, oh, can you prove that you are part Latinx of some sort. And so I feel like sometimes it can get a little tiring trying to prove myself. Every time I tell someone I'm Latinx, they always, sometimes they give me a look like, oh, are you really? And sometimes I feel like when it gets to that point, I'm just a little tired of it because <laughs> I didn't want to keep proving myself or proving to them, I guess, that I'm Latinx. I mean, obviously they don't know any better, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> so I bet that's pretty invalidating sometimes, you know, yeah. having part of your identity just questions. Yeah. Questioned all the time. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's really tough. Are there any traditions from your culture or just from your family life that are particularly close to your heart? Honestly, I feel like I don't have any unique traditions, essentially, just like for my family, just because I've grown up in so many different cultures and also so many different places. I feel like I'm very non-traditional in the sense of it was always like me, my mom, my dad, and my brother. And so I didn't get to see my extended family as much. But one thing that I kind of do really appreciate and hold dear is my grandmother because I feel like she always reminded me of Panama even though I didn't grow up there and I wasn't born there. She kind of always grounded me in this sense and it was more through food. <laughs> Honestly I just loved that she has since passed but my like favorite meal that she used to make was arroz con gandules and always having Panamanian food when I would go see my family was kind of just like the way of bringing me into the culture even though like I didn't grow up in Panama and then just hearing about like the stories from my dad because he would always tell me different stories and honestly I guess the tradition in my family is that we're a family of storytellers and that's how we connect ourselves to each other and to our culture, especially learning about our family history in Panama. So I guess the traditions would be just sitting around my grandmother and asking her questions about Panama and asking her questions about how she grew up and how my great grandmother was and my great grandfather and all of that. Whenever we do have an event in the LSC, there's always different foods, which I love about the culture. We have this thing called Cultura Fest that Cola always hosts every year. Cola is a different organization for the Latinx community too, and they represent the student body. Very important org. And they always host a culture fest of all the Latinx countries. And they always have like different foods of every country. And it's like not even a snack. It's like a whole meal. It was like a buffet over there. <laughs> it was so crazy. And so I just love that they introduce a lot of foods. Even if you're not like from that country, you experience it. The most important thing about our community is like the experience and how connected we are and through these events and then we experience like different cultures and that's really amazing to me because you never really see like the other side of your own culture and it's very important to explore outside of that culture it's like traveling to a new country you learn about all these traditions all about these new things it's like a whole new world mm -hmm. you like immerse yourself in a different place when you experience these things i really love it awesome does your family have any traditions that they like to keep since i'm mixed it's not really a tradition it's more of like a faith that we have my mom prays to god right and my dad he believes in buddhism so we practice two religions it's kind of crazy it's kind of like a taboo topic to talk about i remember i told my friend who was like completely christian 
and I told her I practiced two religions and she was like what isn't that like weird you don't choose and I don't, I don't know it's been like so normal that's a, like another thing with my identity it's weird because I don't know what what religion do I believe in the most I don't know I just believe in both so I, I just pray in different ways and so one thing I do practice is ancestral worship so I pray to my ancestors and another tradition that I do separate from those sometimes when we do things I don't know what culture it's coming from or what side it's coming from because we just blend it all together but we'd sit at the table all together and we don't eat until my dad is at the table so the dad is like the head of the family I think this is more of the Latinx side, but it's always been like this. We always wait for my dad to sit and then we eat. We can't start until he says it's okay to eat. And so I still do this. I call them <laughs> during dinner sometimes and I wait until they're eating and I eat with them together. So we still eat as a family. So it's really important to wait until he's here. And he's always the boss of the household, I guess. And my mom has definitely taken the role of cooking for us and doing all the cleaning stuff. She's I feel like is a stereotype or belief in the Latinx culture where like women do the work and obviously we're trying to break free of that because it's you know wrong. So what do you recommend to Latinx and Afro-Latinx students who are new to grounds? Are there any resources that you'd like to shout out or organizations? I'm definitely going to shout out also. I know we've been talking about it. Of course. <laughs> but of course. of course I have to shout out. Plug also a little bit. Definitely join or actually look into Cafe. I love Cafe. Central Americans for Empowerment. Look into them. They have a really amazing events. It's just also really cool people too. Also on Doc UVA. I know their initiatives are a little different because it's not just Latinx students that they focus on and also stop by the LSC that's what I would tell like for any new Latinx students on grounds is just to stop by the LSC like that's kind of where we all hang out you know so come you can see me there I'm there all the time so come stop say hello and definitely pop up to all our events those of you who are new to grounds I do recommend you guys following us because we are planning on coming out with a calendar of all the Latinx events on grounds so that you can go to them, meet the other orgs. At the beginning of the year, we always have an organization event kind of thing where all of the Latinx orgs come out and you can join them and everything. But if you do miss that, I would suggest like following us and we are going to post the calendar soon. I'm getting on that <laughs> just need to update a couple of events for LAHM but we are going to post that and we're going to post like location times and stuff and so you can just show up to these events you don't really need to be a member there's not any dues which is insane compared to like other cultural CIOs they have dues all the time and I think none of our orgs have dues if I'm not mistaken and they're all like completely free you can just join it's really easy everyone's so welcoming just talk to someone and we'll definitely like connect you to resources so people we we know we're always good about connecting people to other people so you would definitely make a lot of connections on your first time like going to an event we're really tight <laughs> that's the most important thing about us but we're all friends yeah <laughs> awesome oh I love that <laughs> and this is just a question that kind of like popped into my head that really goes back to when you were talking about your time before UVA and when you said that you were struggling with your identity and I was wondering if you could talk a bit more about that yeah. and sort of explain how you came to figuring out your identity and sort of navigating the multicultural aspects of your life so before I came to UVA I'd have to say I was 
like a little ignorant and I didn't really know much about other Afro-Latinos. I knew they existed because I knew my family, of course, but I just hadn't really came in contact with many other Afro-Latinx people. And so I think that that's why I was kind of confused of where blackness and Latinx kind of intertwine. And I think I used to see them as something separate. And now when I came to UVA and I met all these amazing people through also, that's when I understood that they're intertwined. Like they're actually inseparable for black people and that they're both a part of our identities. And so I think that was a lot of self-discovery. I just wanted to learn more about my own Latinx identity. I wanted to learn more about my own history. Like I wanted to learn more about like my own culture in Panama because I felt like beforehand I really wasn't allowed. It felt like I had to choose one or the other. So now I kind of learned that like, no, they're both very intertwined and there's not one way to be Latinx. I don't have to sound a certain way. I don't even have to be completely fluent in Spanish, you know? And so I think that's why I came to like where I am now is just like through that realization and through my own education, honestly. And I ask this to everybody that I interview, but mm-hmm. what is one thing that you would like the community of UVA to know? Something so this serious? is something that can be applied to everyone. I know we like to be competitive in a lot of things. Just know like competition's not everything. Everyone can be your friend if you want it to be. Not everyone's thinking that it is a competition. You don't have to compete against everyone else. I know like grades and academics and like social life is really important to keep up, but just know like everyone else is struggling. You're not alone. It's always good to ask for help or like reach out for help. Don't just make yourself, you know, secluded from everyone when you're like struggling, you know, just know you're not alone. I think that I want the entire UVA community to know that I think us as a whole need to be better at inclusivity and like more active about it and it's really interesting because I had to like talk about this not too long ago I guess active inclusivity I think we also have to like look within ourselves and also identify our own issues regarding race as well and so I think that's really important I think that's what I would want the whole UVA community to know because honestly it broadens your experiences where you are and I think that it's such a beautiful thing just because me not being close-minded and always being open to meeting new people open to new cultures new ideas new ethnicities all of that it has just broaden my way of looking at the world and I just want other people to kind of experience that as well so I would just kind of emphasize to others to really like look outside your circle I know it's very nice to be comfortable but when we're comfortable I feel like we really don't learn anything new That was Kimberly Wong and Taylor Bryan of UVA's LAIC and ALSO. Though Latinx Heritage Month is almost officially over, that does not mean we should forget or take for granted how important the Latin American community is to UVA and the United States as a whole. If you are interested in learning more about these clubs or other ways you can get involved with this community, please visit the Latinx Students Center on the third level of Newcomb Hall. There are also a multitude of resources available at multicultural.virginia.edu slash Hispanic Latinx resources, which we will link in the description of this episode. And that is all for this episode. I'm Sophia Moore with a special thanks to Becky Laflamme for WUVA. Thanks for listening.